You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another amazing edition of the Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem, alongside my amazing sidekick, Kevin Langley. We've got a big show this week. we got a lot of random topics, which is always the fun ones, because that's when like the Andrew Luck versus Matthew Stafford debate originated from one of those. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a good thing on the show. Steve Peral, actually, we have is coming on next week. We're going to talk some baseball. I'm going to pitch my theory about why the Diamondbacks can win the NL West. Um, he's probably going to tell me I'm only half right. Him and Kevin are both going to complain about why the Red Sox are morons and why the Yankees deserve to get the book thrown at them. But we're going to start off actually with a little baseball news. Kevin uh, was announced about a couple hours ago. Luis Severino is going to be out for the season with Tommy John surgery. The old TJ nailing the coffin. I hate seeing that with any pitcher, but with this kind of kind of massive blow to the Yankees right now. That's their number two starter, I believe. And now you're really going to be leaning hard on Garrett Cole and a bunch of scrubs. I don't think it really matters. Yes, the Yankees won't do as well, but they weren't winning a World Series anyway. True. I don't think Aaron Judge can pl- necessarily play well in huge games. I also think he can't. I don't even think he can complete a, can, can complete a full season. No, and also John Carlos Stanton... Just isn't the same once you got out of Miami. It was that humidity, man. It made that ball whip through the air, which is, if you know physics, that's just not true, but I'm just making a joke there. Um, Yeah, I don't know. This whole Seve thing, I mean, it sucks to see any kind of young pitcher get Tommy John surgery because it's, it's a year and a half you're down, basically. Um, I know it basically ended Taiwan Walker's career with us in Arizona. Um, it, it's, it sucks, but uh, hopefully Seve bounces back quick. You should just All take right. steroids. <laughs> Problem solved. Cut down on that recovery time. Just come back better, faster, stronger. Just like the $6 million man. Hey, Louis, just take steroids. It's fine. No one will find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it worked for Canseco, A-Rod, all these guys. Um, it worked for Canseco, right. A-Rod, Bonds, Clemens, Andy Pettit. Rafael Palmero. This goes on. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, Steph Curry will be coming back soon. Uh, the Warriors Nazis can be coming back in the next couple of days. I mean, the Warriors are already eliminated, uh, but it's going to be kind of fun to see how him and uh, Andrew Wiggins play together. And, I mean, for NBA fans itself, though, it'll be kind of good to see uh, one of their stars back out for ticket sales. It's kind of a minor story. I mean, the poor guy broke it. Like, the, the, this season with the Warriors was kind of a lost season regardless. But at least now with Curry coming back, they're like, all right, we're going to have the rest of the season. We'll probably play him off and on. Eh, it's kind of too... too uh, when I look at – and also, Clay Thompson's out for the rest of the season. So, it, this season with the Warriors is just kind of there. But, I, I don't know. I, 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 it's it's a weird season in the NBA, Kev. It really is because Curry's been out. Clay's been out. KD's been out. Kyrie's out. Um, the two best teams in the West are in L.A. The only team that really might actually do some damage is in Milwaukee. Um I mean, I love Jason Tatum in Boston, but I don't know if they're going to be able to take him seven. Oh, if 
If Kemba comes back fine for the playoffs, yeah, they will definitely take Milwaukee to seven, maybe even win. Actually, yeah, you're right. I mean, I just want to see Gordon Hayward play more aggressive. That's really the biggest thing with them. I mean, considering it was two years ago where his ankle looked like it was made out of jelly. Yeah, I don't want to remember that one because I think we were doing this show and I just ah, – ah. actually, no, wait, no, was I? No, I was. that was before – that was a year before the show. Wow. But, um, yeah, no, not not a fan of seeing that video game. It's like the Kevin Ware and Drake came to look at that. Um, but, no, like, Gordon Hayward's doing well enough. Yeah, it's just, yeah. That, that can just kill an injury for you. Because he was an all-star, like, five years ago. He was an all-star, like, three or four years ago. Yeah, whatever year before he went to Boston. Yeah, but people are complaining about his contract. It's not necessarily a bad contract. The Celtics just didn't think his ankle would explode Within five minutes. It's kind of a bad circumstance at that point. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean. Also, daddy's always happy. Uh, I mean, I'm excited because, like, you know, you're going to see, like, Ja, Morant, and possibly even Zion sneak into the playoffs. I mean, yeah, they're going to get smoked, but. If if the NBA title doesn't come out of Boston, Milwaukee, or L.A., I'm going to be very surprised. I don't know. It seems like it's it seems like it's the year where that's going to happen, just given how everything's gone. Yeah. I mean, you even have, like, teams that have, like, promise, like, just kind of like, eh, we'll get it next year. I think next year's going to look a lot different with the NBA. I think this is that in-between year. Because this is the, like, I think, like, the Kobe thing has kind of made things all crazy in L.A., and... Now you have um, – I'm not even sure with the Clippers now, though. Like, the chemistry between Kawhi and PG, because they barely play on the court together. And I, I get they're, like, just kind of resting for the playoffs. But, like, dude, it's it, it just it, – something just feels off about this whole season. Like, last year, the, the epic series that it was, and watching it here on my couch or at, like, a bar and just being, like um, – like, Pulling so hard to see a new team win a title. That was epic. This year's kind of like that weird letdown year. I don't know. I'm still excited because I I don't know who's going to win. True. And if it's not one of my teams, I don't want to know who's going to win. I would love to see the Celtics go like 75 and 7 and have a clear – they're clearly going to win. But if not, I don't want to know. Yeah, no. It's – it's going to be an exciting playoff, right? I just think that. Also, it, oh, yeah, another thing like that last year where Portland basically knocks out a, a higher-seeded team in the first round. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. So, I mean, also, I love Dame Lillard, so it's going to be fun. All right, Kev, here's uh, another one for you. This one, we're jumping over to NFL for the next couple of minutes. Uh, the NFL has now been experimenting with possibly in the CBA – moving a playoff game to Monday night. I don't hate this as much. I, I I'm I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, yes, it would like they'd have to make sure for when if the team who wins gets to play on Sunday or whatever, but at least for the wild card round, I don't hate it. Yeah, I mean, if they moved the Super Bowl to Saturday and did this, they're like, hey, we're gonna move a playoff game to Monday, and then the Super Bowl is going to be a Saturday, I'd be okay with that. 
I would too. I also but, think well, so they should just push it back to President's Day weekend. So everyone, ninety percent of the public has the day off anyway. Add, but, an, add an extra bye week, you know. I think, I think anything the NFL thinks is a good idea is a bad idea. True. Just personally, but also I think they're. This came out today, and the CBA hasn't even been approved by the Players Association. This is, I feel like we're still a little bit ways down before it gets approved by anything, but. I think, luckily, in the CBA, they put in, if this isn't approved, we're just going to continue with the 2011 one for the upcoming season. So, there probably won't be a lockout. Which I is feel the- like there will be too much money lost. I feel like they would really, like, because, like, everyone's like, oh, there's going to be a lockout. And then, like, last, then, like, at, like, the last minute in 11, they're like, yeah, about that lockout, we're going to sign a CBA here. Yeah, but I feel like the NFL has gone, like, the way the league's run has gone very downhill the last nine years. I can see the players going, we were told this could happen. Hopefully a lot of them save money. We're sticking to our guns and getting what we want to make the league better. Yeah. I also think part of the problem is the, the they last time they did this, Last time they did the CBA, I think the owners got way too much because the uh, and if the players went for too much useless things and it hurt the game and it hurt the way the league's been managed. I um, yawn. I am sorry for that. Um, yeah. Hey, next time you have to yawn, just pause and then cut it out. Sorry. What I was saying was, I just feel like the way that they they reached for things in the CBA that really just hurt the league, and now. I think this year they should be like, all right, we'll take the extra playoff team, and but we want an extra bye week. Because, one, that I just thought, like, even if they don't get the extra game, an extra bye week pushes it, like, to, like, President's Day weekend, or at least closer to it. No, because part of this is eliminating a preseason game. Yeah, I mean, just still, let's start, like, training camp in August instead of July. Give the players a little more of an off season. I I don't know. It's there's a lot of ways you could tweak this to make it work. I just I hope even moving to Saturday would alleviate this too. I think the biggest issue with the last CBA was the league made Roger Goodell the judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah. They gave him far too much power. The owners don't really care, except for Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft, and the Saints owner, who I forget his name. Tom Benson and Gail Tom Benson, because they kind of get – well, Kraft and Benson have gotten screwed. I don't think Jerry Jones has. I think he just doesn't like Roger. Yeah. But, so the rest of the owners don't care, though, because revenues are up. Well, it's also – that's a sport regardless. I really nothing to do with Goodell. So – Wait, in, did you say the owners have nothing to do with Goodell? No, 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 no. Like, the numbers have nothing to do with Goodell. Like, not as much to do with Goodell as the fact that it's just a popular sport. Goodell didn't affect, the, like, the league as much, like, with the numbers as much. As, like you know, He's in charge of the way the league's run, advertising, things like that, which have a direct impact in how much money the league makes. Fair, all right, fair enough. Fair point. I don't know. I just I, – I just – I want the CBA not to be as screwy as it was last time. I think it has to be to undo a lot of the stuff that the last one did. I mean, as screwy as it was toward the players and the game itself. Like, 
Roger cannot be the judge or executioner. And I feel like we need to I, – I would be all for seeing a second playoff – a seventh playoff team. I think it makes the game – I'm not complaining about more football. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to complain about them playing more football necessarily, but if it gets to a point where it's increasing player injuries, then, then yes, that playing. that I think also the league could pass a res- the, uh, in The beautiful thing is I feel like if that came to chance and the NFL is like, listen, we're getting more injuries because it's like we have to fix this. But also I think the league injuries are also coming from the training staffs in the preseason are, are still – like in the preseason, I think teams need to realize, like, yes, there's less hitting, but these guys gotta be conditioned, man. Like, there's less hitting doesn't mean less like active work. Like, these guys gotta be pushed. They still gotta be like, you know, conditioned because I think a lot of the time, in, since the last CBA, injuries are up to like there's a lot more season-ending injuries, not just like minor ones. I I don't know. It's just that's just the trend I've been seeing lately. But yeah, I mean, but just because they're not necessarily up now like they're down now doesn't mean that you should suddenly go oh we're just gonna add games and undo player safety measures fair all right um ready to move on to uh, mr newton sure all right so the carolina panthers have announced today that they are going to stick with cam newton for the upcoming season a move that surprised a lot of people, especially since considering that they thought that he was going to be moved and they were going to go after maybe a Herbert, and Eason, Jordan Love, whatever, in the draft. I think this is a semi-smart move, Kevin. But I don't, I don't know the what their end game is. Um, I think it would be this upcoming season they're going to – or this draft, they're going to draft a quarterback – uh, have Cam Newton start for a year, and then if the quarterback looks ready, get rid of Cam Newton. See, my ideal scenario for the Panthers was trade Newton for draft picks next year. Not this year, next year. Maybe get a couple pieces this year. Have Kyle Allen start the whole season. Go 13-3, and 3-13. Three, thir- uh, and uh, there's a certain— Very confused. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's uh, two, uh, one quarterback from Ohio State, one quarterback from Clemson, both coming out next year. Both would make their roster increasingly better overnight. That's that was my thought process. But I also see that they have a superstar in Christian McCaffrey and two very good young receivers. So maybe going for a Jordan Love or a Jacob Eason, which I think would be great in their system. Um. You know, might be more efficient at this point for ticket sales and. Yeah, I mean, also, if they think they can make the playoffs, they shouldn't trade Cam Newton. True. They, wh- where they're picking, there's they can't get um, Burrow unless Tua falls because of injury. I don't see that happening. But and there's no other quarterback in this draft who's game ready day one. Outside of Burrow because two is injured. My ideal spot for two is Carolina, but it's not going to happen. No, I mean, because here's the thing. They're not keeping Cam for two seasons. But 
It's going to allow Tua to basically sit and get healthy and learn the offense for a year. Even if Cam is sucking week five, oh, we still have Kyle Allen here. We can throw him out for five or six games. And if it's like week 14 and Tua's ready to go and he's been cleared and he's running around looking crazy, yeah, put him in for two games and see what happens. But that's my ideal scenario for him. I think if he goes to the Chargers, they're going to have to basically sit with Ty- Tyra or the Dolphins. Oh, they're going to have to go through another year and a, a year of Fitz, Fitz tragic. And I'm like, oh, great. This is going to really help to develop the kid. I mean, Tua also might be medically cleared by March 9th. I really, for his sake, I hope he doesn't jump in for week one. He says that's what he expects. However, I think no team is dumb enough to draft him with the expectation that he starts. Oh, I can think of a few. One of them has a number one overall pick. The other, I would hope not. The other's got the fifth. (laughs) Okay, if you want to talk about the dumbest teams, yeah. Oh no, the Lions. Yeah, but if the Lions take him, they'll let Stafford play for one more year. They won't put him in. I doubt it. They're looking to trade Stafford right now. I know, but I, I, I don't know. I just, I think his bets fit might be in, in, in um, if they, because I feel like they're, the Lions going to ask for too much for Stafford. And I could, here's a, here's another ideal scenario for Tua. One more year of Stafford. And you have Tua sit behind him. Like, as much as Stafford is, like, aggressively above average, but, like, that's his ceiling is aggressively above average. Sit, Tua sitting behind that learning Matt Patricia's offense and just getting himself, like, situated. One that's going to juice up that franchise, knowing that Tua is playing in year two. One, two, it's a dome. That's great. Uh, three, there's they got two pretty good receivers there, Kev. Yeah, but there's a lot of reasons why this wouldn't work. I know, but these are like – I'm thinking of ideal scenarios for Tua himself. Uh, Detroit is not an ideal scenario for Tua. If it goes through my scenario, it is. Oh, really? You want to put a guy who just broke his hip behind that offensive line? Well, they draft an offensive line. They draft offensive line. They do it. It's a two-year process. I've seen offensive line turn turn around two years. Happens all also, the time. Tua has said he's not playing to Detroit for Detroit. I really hate when players do that shit. Well, not him, but his representatives and his family have said that. Also, I don't. Look, they have no control over where they go. If they can get out of a situation they don't want to be in, go for it. I hate when this – I don't know. It just it irks me a little bit. Like – if I was in this position, I'd be just happy I was getting drafted. Okay, if he says I'm not going to Detroit and he doesn't get drafted third, he'll go get drafted fifth. I, I know it's just it's just there's something wrong about it to me. I don't know. It just it just it puts a weird taste in my mouth when guys do that. It works out though. Yeah, but it's kind Eli of Eli Manning. I'm not going to play for the Chargers. Goes to New York, wins two Super Bowls. I, Bo Jackson. It, it, that's not the point, Kev. It's just like it's just something about it. Just like just I'm like ugh, puts a bad taste in my mouth. I don't they, know. These people are treated essentially as cattle with no say. I know, I know, I know. It's just the actual act of like saying, oh, I'm not going to play here. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just it's, It just feels weird to me, but I understand their point of why they do it. I'm not saying I don't understand that viewpoint. It's just, it, it puts a weird, it's just, it's a weird feeling to me when I see that shit, but I, I don't know. All right. Um, 
Funny story. Uh, my Diamondbacks were in the news somehow for Madison Bumgarner. Because apparently for the last few years, he has been going under a fake name and participating in rodeos. Can this man be any more badass? Are you, like, are you serious? The guy has an endorsement deal with Carhartt. He's like, he doesn't like even throw a heart off the mound. He's just intimidating. That's how he beats teams. He's not even like, it's not even like his stuff is dangerous. And on top of all that, his secret hobby is a rodeo, which is like dangerous as hell. I love this. I love this story completely. What do you think, Kev? Um, I don't know who Madison Bumgarner is. I know who Mason Saunders is, the I'm... rodeo player. You're funny. Moonlights is an MLB pitcher. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, you're you're real funny. So I mean, yeah, this dude. This sounds really badass until he breaks his back or gets impaled by a bull. I think I think after they saw, um, I think after this came out, I feel like um, the Diamondbacks were like, "Hey, Madison." We love you, dude, but you, like, maybe chill on the rodeos during the season, or at least while you're under contract with us. He should be lucky that this came out not when he was with San Francisco, because most of these contracts have a clause in there saying they can't do certain things that are dangerous. Yeah. The Giants could have voided his entire contract. Very true. So um, Also, I don't think Madison Bumgarner is that intimidating. Yes. It is kind of intimidating that he has been dipping since he was in third grade, I think. However, he dated someone named Madison Bumgarner. (laughs) That is not intimidating. Wait, he dated someone named Madison Bumgarner? Yes. Prior to marrying his wife, he dated a woman named Madison Bumgarner. And he says there's no relation. However, this However. Is a small town in, I believe, North Carolina. Jesus. I wouldn't be so sure. These small towns, if there's someone with the same name as you, odds are you're related. He, yes, he grew up in an area... Nicknamed Bumtown because of the abundance of people named Bumgarner who lived there. He was definitely related to this girl somehow. It might have been a distant um, relation, but he was definitely related to this girl. We are, we are talking about this. In the it, it is definitely a slower news day when we are talking about Madison Bumgarner's ex-girlfriend. Um, well, Her name is Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> I know. This went down a rabbit hole real quick. All right, Kev, I know that was extremely weird, but I think you can top that, right? I can. Jared, have you ever heard of the River City Relay? I have not heard of the town. I know what a relay is. Not a town, it's a play. No. It is the only play in NFL history with three laterals on it that resulted in a touchdown. Huh. It was 2003. Jacksonville were playing the Saints. The Jaguars were 4-10 and 10 at that point. The Saints were 7-7. Seven and seven. Saints were pushing for a playoff spot. Oh, I've seen video of this before. 
Um, Jim Hazlitt, beloved coach of the United Football League team, the Florida Tuskers, was the head coach of the Saints. Aaron Brooks was the head coach, or was the quarterback for the Saints. Threw the ball to Dante Stallworth, uh, lateraled it, broke three tackles, lateraled it across the field to Michael Lewis, ran the ball, got hit, threw a perfect pass to Deuce McAllister, who pitched it to Jerome Pathan. Brooks laid a block. Pathan walked in and score. Time was expired. That start was seven seconds left. Score was 20 to 19. All they needed was for their kicker to make the kick. John Carney was that kicker. He missed, I believe, three extra points in his career. If the Saints win this game, they keep their playoff hopes alive. He misses the kick wide right. Any given Sunday, Kevin. <laughs> so there were 86 plays with a lateral on it between 2000. Or it was up till probably about 90 between 2000 and 2019, probably around that. And there was a 1% chance of that lateral scoring a touchdown. 1.2. Over that same time period, there was 1.5, I'd say, percent chance that an extra point would be missed. I know up until they moved it back, it was a 1% chance that an extra point's missed. And we got both on the same drive. Well, there you go. That's a 0.012% chance of happening. Math makes my brain. <laughs> that, that math is good. Oh, wow. Oh, I, so you're saying there's a chance. There was a chance. And it happened. Also, earlier in the season, Jim Hazlitt said that he would bet his life on John Carney making a kick. And they asked him about that after the game, and he said that I guess I'd be dead now. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, there's always some good stuff from the NFL. All right. Time for that last call. Let's keep asking with Jazz. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we, we got to give a sympathy uh, shout-out to Bradley Beal. Man drops 50 in back-to-back games, and his team is so bad. They lost the I feel bad, man. The Washington Wizards at one point actually looked pretty decent. You know, they just got this new kid, Otto Porter, out of Georgetown. Looking good. John Wall is a young, explosive point guard. Oh, and they had this great shooter out of Florida named Bradley Beal. is a hell of a player and a hell of a scorer. Oh, and they had the Polish hammer, Martin Gortat. One of my low-key low underrated favorite players. Yeah, what happened? Like, it's just a train wreck. All my years of being a Timberwolves fan, and I'm calling the Washington Wizards a train wreck. Because at least we don't have, like, an Eddie Curry-like contract staring us in the face. Like, I don't even think John Wall's played last, like, what, three years? I want to say two just to be safe, but it does feel It feels, feels like more, but it, I think it's you're right, it's two. I feel like these seasons have just been so bad, they felt like an eternity. Oh, my God. Yeah, I feel so bad. Hey, Bradley... Listen, my guy, there's always a spot up north for you. But, um, giving love out to Bradley Beal. Somebody, even LeBron, go save this man. <laughs> go save Bradley Beal. Hashtag save Bradley Beal. Also, that's my last call. But also, Kev, um, we're still trying to nail a sponsorship, aren't we? Yeah, I was going to get to that. Let's go. Hey, Twisted T, last call is unofficially brought to you by you guys. Twisted T. 
literally throw us each a free six-pack, and we'll say officially. We'll just put that official in there. Yeah, all we want is a six-pack, and then maybe we'll work out something better if it gets our views up and you guys start making more money. But, dude, like, we love your product. We think your tea is amazing. It's the perfect drink for, you know, what I used to use it for in college, kicking back, watching the NFL draft, praying that my Eagles wouldn't screw up the draft, but they would. Um, it's a perfect drink for the fact that it's going to be nice and warm outside in about a month and a half. I love twisted. I like twisted tea. It's one of the few non-beer bever- beverages that come in a can that I actually drink. That and like spiked seltzer. It's I'm stretching, but I actually prefer twisted tea. It's good stuff. Also, be- yeah. Oh, sorry. This is unrelated. Twisted tea. Shoot. I have a way to fix the wizards. Relocate them to Hartford? No. That right they're still a team right now. They're gonna be a team going forward. Relocate them to Hartford. They're folding in three years. <laughs> no. So just like the city itself. Just make them I don't wanna say freak show, but make them like the weird shit of the NBA. So like something like JaVale McGee and so, like throw them back to like the days when they had the tallest player in NFL and NBA history and the shortest player in NBA history in Manute Bull and Muggsy Bowes respectively. They played on the Washington Bullets at the same time. And I love that picture of them. Manute Bowles just holding a basketball basically and then there's three balls and then Muggsy Bogues is holding the bottom. That's how bad the height difference was. There was a two-foot, four-inch height difference between these men. And they shared a court. That's great. We got a double dip of weird stuff in sports with Kevin, so... No, triple dip, technically. If you can't I'm just bursting with knowledge. Yeah, you are. It's what keeps our it's what keeps our show going between my rants and Ryan the Meowning. Um, well, someone has to be smart on the show. Hey! That's it for us today, folks. I'm Jared. That's Kevin. Twisted T. Shout out. Sponsor us. Later. Bye. Don't edit this out. Thanks for listening to the Corner Booth Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod.